0: Where you lead, I will follow. Anywhere that you tell me to. If you need, you need me to be with you. I will follow where you lead. Today we're joined by Allison Sullivan to talk about the Gilmore Girls.
1: Ooh, ooh. Yeah, I shake my self, Welcome
0: to Pop Culture Catechism, conversations about music, movies, and the longings of the human heart. Let's get started. Okay, before we get started, I need to let you know that we are winding down the end of season three. It's been a big season. We've had hundreds of thousands of downloads. It's had awesome guests and awesome episodes. And we're going to be taking a little... Break in October. So, we're going to have a couple more episodes in September. And then for October 2023, we're going to be taking a break. So, I just want to ask you to do something for me, if you would, pretty please. If you are new here, but you like what you hear and what you see during this time, I'd encourage you to go back and check out some of our previous episodes from the past three seasons because we've got some good ones and I bet you would enjoy them. If you've been with us for a while and you've been listening and watching for a while, then I would encourage you to maybe take the next step. Have you written us a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify? Have you followed me on Instagram, Facebook, et cetera? Have you ever sent an episode to a friend and be like, hey, you'd really like this, I think? Uh, So if you've been around for a while, I really encourage you to do that. And stay tuned for season four. I'm going to Awaken Catholic at the end of October to film a bunch of new stuff in the Awaken Theater Studios. And we'll have new episodes for you in November for season four. I'm excited. Thank you so much. Enjoy the episode. What's more important to you, doing the best you can with the blessings you've been given, like Hailey Bieber, or blazing your own trail, like Lady Gaga? Do you like structure, like Bill Gates, or do you seek passion, like Steve Jobs? Freedom, like Miley Cyrus, or more relationship, like 2009 Miley Cyrus? But then, no matter what you choose or who you are, how do you respond to setbacks and failures? If you can't tell by the speed at which I'm talking or the flurry of pop culture references, today we are talking about the beloved early 2000s sitcom... The Gilmore Girls, and I am so glad today to be joined by the host of the Sinner Saint Sister podcast, who also has over one million followers on TikTok. By the way, her name is Allison Sullivan. If you're in the in the Catholic uh, podcast world and you listen to a lot of Catholic podcasts, you might know her. She's uh, a sought after speaker. She also you have a book, right?
1: I do. You do have a I book. Do. Yeah. What's the name I of your book do. again? It's called Rock, Paper, Scissors. Rock, Paper, Scissors. That's right.
0: I'll ask you to tell yeah. us a little bit more about that in a second. And if you, So today we're going to talk about Gilmore Girls. And this is just, I know from my wife and uh, a lot of my lady friends through the years, they just love this show. And there's something that really speaks to their hearts. So we're going to dive into it today. If you don't know who I am, my name is Mike Tenney. I'm a Catholic speaker and worship leader from Washington, DC. I spent over a decade teaching Catholic high school theology and trying to make it big as a rock star at night. And now I'm blessed to speak And lead music for thousands of people each year at events all over the place. And through this show, Pop Culture Catechism. This is Pop Culture Catechism. It's the gospel according to pop music and movies where we take a look for God's love in the media that you're plugged into. So then when we unplug and we put away our tablets and iPhones and all that sort of thing, we can go out in the real world and live God's love and know God's love in our hearts in practical, real ways. So that's our goal for you by the end of this episode, listeners, that when you unplug, you're going to have some real, actionable, tangible, practical ways that today you can live God's love. And know God's love. I want to give a special thank you to our patrons who make this show possible through popculturecatechism.com and to our sponsor of this episode, CatholicMerch.store. All the Catholic swag you want can be found there and it all supports the shows here at Awaken Catholic. I want to welcome to the show, Allison Sullivan. Allison, how you doing?
1: Hello, Mike Tenney. This is such an an honor. I don't get to be a guest very much. It's so nice for the role reversal.
0: Yeah. I'm so glad to to have you on. I've been, you've been, you've been on my radar as somebody to have on for a long time. And Taylor Schroll, who was on our God of War episode, he and I are often talking podcast stuff. And uh, I was like, who have been some of your best guests? And he was like, Alison Sullivan, you got to have her on your show. I was like, all right, it's time time to reach out. So yeah, I'm really glad to have you. So uh, tell us about you and uh, who are you a little bit about yourself for those who don't know.
1: Yeah sure so i'm I'm Allison, and i um am thick in the middle of of raising children to be honest with you. We have five kids, and I tell you what they are my greatest joy and my greatest stressor all at the very same time. They pushed me to my furthest edge and then pulled me right back in. And I have a couple of teenagers now. And so this all feels apropos <laughs> as we sit down and talk about the Gilmore girls, because I watched this as not a teen, but as a young adult um, when it very first came out. And I have recently rewatched it mm-hmm. with my, um, adolescent daughter and it was a completely different experience. So that's just kind of interesting. But, um, I, yeah, I'm raising kids. Um, I love being married. I feel like my husband is my greatest earthly blessing. Um, our home is, I feel like one of my greatest gifts and to whom much has been given. I feel like much is expected. So we are flinging our doors wide open and it is pretty much consistently littered with, um, the bodies of, of, children that belong to other people. Um I, I feel really, really honored and blessed that we have just become the gathering house. I've prayed for that for a long time. So that feels like a huge blessing. Um so when I say that I'm thick in the middle of kind of cohabitating with adolescents, I mean that um in just um an unexpected way of really just not even all my own. So um I love teenagers. I feel like young adults are at this really um unique position of being young enough to still be searching yeah. and yet old enough to have some life experience where mm-hmm. you really do have some wisdom and yet you're humble enough to go looking for more information. And so it's just, a, it's a really neat age, yeah. um, to be involved with. And so, um, as far as like some of my loves, it is that age of human and that affects my ministry, which is my work. So I do a lot of speaking and traveling to speak, um, churches, Bible studies, events, Mm -hmm. things like that, conferences. I love a retreat setting is my very favorite. Mm -hmm. Um, I really love sitting with other women. I love deep conversation, which is another um, Gilmore Girls, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, really strong element of what's lovable about that. Mm -hmm. Um, So tell tell people about
0: uh, Sitter Saint Sister, your podcast. We'll try to send some people your way because it's a great show.
1: Thank you. So I really love friendship. I think that um, I just, we need each other you know, we belong to one another. And I feel like we're at operating at our highest and best selves when we are thick in community, when we're deep into community. And so I have often wondered like, what are my talents? I don't really know. I've recently just kind of settled on my talents are um, surrounding myself with people that are better than me, (laughs) with people that are smarter than me, kinder than me. I just have really, really great community. And I, as I was having really deep conversations and relating with people, I would sit back and just marvel at, I am so blessed to be on the receiving end of such wisdom. And it honestly, it felt like my civic duty to like pull these people into a closet. And initially that was literal, (laughs) like come into my closet with me with my iPhone and say what you just said again. Uh And so, and that's how the podcast started. It was like, I'm friends with these people who don't have a microphone these people need a microphone. Yeah. And so in the in the early stages, I was incredibly annoying, but my friends were brilliant. And um I took myself so seriously. Oh my gosh. I listened to my podcast voice and I'm like, "Girl, get over it." Um and so it started with my friends in a closet and the episodes were just things that we thought other women needed to hear and it has slowly evolved into my friends saying that'll do that's mm-hmm. enough of that um you know i, we, I feel like you know, it's we don't really, have microphones
0: i feel like it's really well crafted like when i listen to your to your show i'm like whoa this is like super organized and there's like transitions oh, and like an intro part or whatever oh, it's thank like you. i just get like i have a plan beforehand but then i hit the micro i hit the record button and like we're off to the races you know oh that's so great I, yeah yeah yeah, yeah. So well there's I'm, value I'm, in that I'm too because that, i think yeah. a lot
1: of people can say that i'm like over structured but <laughs> (laughs) anyways um yeah so that's how it started Uh it's evolved into you know people with bigger platforms because my friends got tired of me you know pulling Mm -hmm. them into my closet and putting my phone in their face so um taylor helps out a ton which is awesome i'm i love co-hosting with him and so yeah that that's podcasting for me we'll see um it's probably the easiest work Mm -hmm. i feel like i've done you know speaking um is probably not a primary gifting i love it but Mm -hmm. um you know, I don't know. I can still get hung up on. Did you like it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. How, Oh, how yeah, for sure for, <laughs> sure, for sure. Tell us a little bit about your vanity uh, there. Tell
0: us a little bit about your book, Rock Paper Scissors. Who's that for?
1: So I, you know, what it does is it just tries to take an old story in the gospel, um, a parable, and relate it to. The life that I'm living right now. Mm -hmm. And so every chapter takes on a parable and tries to give it a new spin. So, um, I wrote it when I was like literally nursing babies. Like I was just alone in the middle of the night Mm -hmm. and I discovered that writing made me feel more like me. And so I just did more of it. And as I did more of it, I felt more like myself. And I was like, I think maybe I could turn this into a book. Mm -hmm. And so. Yeah, that's what happened. Well, I, and I'm proud of it still. So which yeah. is great.
0: So listeners, if you're looking for kind of an outside the box reflection on some scriptures, I highly recommend Allison. She's like in her podcast, she's often doing like little reflections here. And they I've found oh, them really so insightful nice. and just like a fresh Thank take. You so, so much. So check those out. I really so appreciate let's, that. Let's talk about Gilmore Girls. So Gilmore Girls aired for seven seasons from two thousand to two thousand seven, and then they had a reunion, a 4 part on Netflix in 2016. And if you grew up in the 2000s, man, like this was the show, I think, especially for young women and Mm -hmm. any young men who were friends with young women, like I was, were subjected to it by (laughs) proxy. So when I, when I I, just out of college, I uh, did volunteered with the Capuchin Franciscans in New York. And I was in community and I was the only guy amongst four girls and they were always watching Gilmore girls. So that was kind of how I was introduced to it. And then when I met yeah. my wife, she and her friends were really into it. And for my wife, uh-huh. it's like, what are those guilty pleasures? Like, I, I feel like she's rewatched the show like three or four times. So sure. um, it's a comfort. Yeah. Show so you. I've never watched the show all the way through, but I've caught bits and pieces right. of it here. So mu- much of my insight here will be from a kind of an outsider perspective, but also like my sure. wife, my wife gave me notes. <laughs> and so, yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway. Um, <laughs> but uh so what do you love about the show why do you why do you think it's uh it's great and it speaks to people
1: yeah so it's funny because so i you know was a young adult watching it and my husband i was meeting my husband like about the same time and i you know we were, I had it on in the background and i was loving every minute of it and i keep looking at him like isn't this great isn't this great and so when it's over he kind of sits back and very you know, he tries to be kind about it, but he's like, yeah, I think we're going to like different shows. Cause we were like just starting to get to know each other, you know? And he goes, I'm exhausted. (laughs) So I think the components that like make it that returnable show, that thing that we return to again and again, you know, that comfort show is that I think that there's a good amount of predictability and that people are going to communicate well, Mm -hmm. you know, like this is a show that is, you know, even if there's conflict, because who would watch it without conflict, Mm -hmm. right? Like people are going to articulate themselves well. Like they're going to share how they feel really well. And there's comfort in that. It's like, yes, everybody wants to be understood and be understanding, you know? And for me, like the fast pace of it, like the wit that's involved, it is something that you can rewatch and like catch a new joke Mm -hmm. every single time. Like, so that's a huge part of it that makes it, you know, not get old. And I feel like, The dialogue is super, super smart. Mm -hmm. Like the language in this is so tight that it's just, it's really, I think I read something, um, that like the average length of a sentence was five words, (laughs) you know, like that was the pace of the show. And so there was something just really, really engaging about, but I, I think that what wit does And watching people communicate well, I think what that does is it turns these people into our heroes Yeah. because we're like, they're saying the things we wish we would have said, whether it's funny or whether it's, you know, truthful, Mm. you know, quicker than we would have come to that Mm. or whatever. So I I think that it's cozy. I think that if you could like, just take a word, you have, you have these well working relationships and even if they're not working well, Mm -hmm. they're at least like saying how they feel Mm -hmm. pretty well you know? Yeah. And so I think that there's, there's a coziness to that.
0: Yeah. I think, I think you're right. I think we do like it when people express themselves well, and we like those moments mm. where it's like, man, that's, that was like the perfect thing to say. And so TV can kind of show right. us that in kind of kind of yeah. like an archetypal way. Like that's, that's what it looks like. And we, we love, right. and we can express ourselves that well and really feel like we've been heard and expressed. Um, I feel like Jesus does that really well when like, you know, the woman's caught in adultery and they all want to stone him. And he's like, well, whoever's about yeah. sin cast the first stone. It's like a mic drop moment of that was the perfect thing to oh, say or, should we pay taxes and he says whose whose name is on this give to caesar what is Caesar's." you know like that's like he has these mic drop moments so i think i think there is even the
1: honesty like the the times that he would look at somebody and be like how much longer must i endure you people (laughs) you know like that's funny come on you know (laughs) so just so just honesty like well-written honesty Uh
0: that's true that's true yeah it is it is super fast i think i think it sped up dialogue on tv generally and there was a lot more like yeah yeah kind of Although I think on Gilmore Girls, there was a lot of like long takes, but I think it, a, a lot of TV around that time was starting to do more like, uh, you know, cut from here, cut from here, cut from here, cut yeah. from here. we go back and forth uh-huh. a lot. And Gilmore Girls was just this faster, faster, but it would kind of, it, it would keep the camera on the same angle. And then just the dialogue was back and forth. So, um, yeah something that I appreciate about it is it actually feels like a real teenager in high school. Like Rory actually felt like, Oh, this is a believable teen. She like looked young enough to actually be a teen. Mm. She wasn't like 30 years old, pretending to be a teenager. Um, And she actually has parents that she talks to that are a big part of her life. She actually has schoolwork. Like there's so many teen shows like, uh, kind of, kind of before Gilmore girls like Dawson's Creek and, and probably more recently things like pretty little liars. It's like their parents don't exist for half of the episode, <laughs> you know, right. like they don't ever yeah. care about school except for the drama. And this was like a kind of a realistic take on what high school and being a teenager is like for probably more, more the average teenager, you know, and it's not just all hooking up and yeah. parties where the parents are out of town and that sort of thing. So, um, I
1: have a thought about that. Yeah. Um, so interestingly, I mentioned, I touched on this earlier, but I am in the middle of parenting teenagers yeah. And I've always read, you know, I didn't do a whole lot of reading when my kids were little. I kind of felt like I could get by on, on talent alone, to be honest. <laughs> and whether that was true or not, I mean, that's how I felt. And so now I feel really desperate as a parent of teenagers. It's like, I need help. I need support. I need to know more about what I'm doing. And so one of the things that I read was early on was make your house the hangout house. Mm-hmm. Like you want, you want to be the place where people are comfortable. Yeah. And as I have worked to do that, it's not by being absent. Yeah. It's really not. Yeah. And so it's by being present. Mm-hmm. It's with a term of endearment and a full candy drawer. Yeah. That's how it starts. Yeah. But you want to know what it leads to? I am this is not an exaggeration. I had two of my kids' friends, I'm picking up from summer school. My kid is not in summer school, but I'm picking them up from summer school. And, and they, they told me something. I'm kind of, one thing that I really try to do is not, um, I try hard to not be shockable mm-hmm. so that like my kids can come to me and I'm not going to overreact. You know, I, I'm, mm-hmm. i I can, I can take it. And so, um, I was shocked by something they told me that a girl who I knew that she, something she did mm-hmm. and it was sexual related and I, um, it wasn't an act. Well, sorry, it doesn't matter to you, but, yeah. um, it was something that I was like, oh, wow, that's what we're dealing with. I did not realize that. And I was like, y'all need so much help. And they said, miss, we really do. Mm-hmm. We really, really do. Will you talk to us all? Cause there were some kids at my house waiting for me to get back. And they were like, will you talk to us when we get home? And I said, I need to prepare my son that this is about to happen. But like, how do I say no? Yeah. How do I say uh-huh. no yeah. to a group of teenagers who is asking me for help on yeah. something that is so easy to mess up? Yeah. I have to take this moment. Yeah, and awesome. you know, w- w- was it an, an awkward 30 minutes? Yes, it was. Mm-hmm. Was it sorely needed so much so that they took 10 horrible, awkward seconds of their life to ask. Yeah. Mm-hmm. you know and so they are wanting engagement they are wanting presence and yeah. you're right that's exactly what gilmore girls did is they modeled a healthy relationship. Mm-hmm. And so much of what my son and I are doing on TikTok, you know, our TikTok is about our, you know, it's just this content that's through a family lens. It's mm-hmm. like super wholesome. And like, yeah. And your son, your son is some... hilarious, by the way. <laughs> Thank He's you. So that's funny. so sweet. <laughs> and we lean into some stereotypes. Yeah, you know, it's uh-huh. like he kind of leans into this angsty teen thing uh-huh. and I lean into this overbearing mom thing. Uh-huh. But ultimately, we hope to put out there. This is a way that we can have a conversation, mm-hmm. you know. Like this is a way to engage, and I get messages all the time that's like your channel makes me feel like I'm part of a healthy family. Mm-hmm. Our family relationships are complicated. We need safe places. Yeah. Gilmore Girls did exactly that with a present parent.
0: Yeah, mm-hmm. 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 yeah, absolutely. So let's get into the Gilmore Girls, and for me, I feel like so the the premise of the show, listeners, if you haven't watched it or you're not that familiar with, is there's I Gilmore who got pregnant as a teenager and she has super rich parents and she was kind of like bucking the system of all these expectations of being like super upper crust. Uh, She kind of struck out on her own and then had a, had a daughter and kind of lived on her own for a while. But now her daughter, Rory is in high school and she's kind of reconnecting with Lorelai's kind of reconnecting with her parents who are super rich. And so there's like three generations of Gilmore girls. There's, Emily, who's the grandmother, who was like very well off, kind of overbearing. And then Lorelai, who was the rebellious daughter who got pregnant in high school. And then there's Rory, the granddaughter, who is like a really good kid really smart growing up with a single mom and just the relationships between all three of them in this little town in Connecticut. And it's, there's like poverty and wealth as, as a theme and like, you know, picking yourself up by your bootstraps and doing things on your own. But then like also the privilege of like having wealth and, you know, all all that comes with it. And so I want to talk about Rory, Lorelai and Emily, and I want to start with Rory, the granddaughter what do you see as her core struggle? Like what what is she wrestling with as she grows up from, you know, 15 or 16 when we first meet her to mm-hmm. when she's, you know, graduating from college and so forth?
1: Well, this is going to kind of sound like a complaint about the show. It's like my only complaint uh-huh. about the show is I feel like with Rory, like you have this well-connected super level-headed reasonable thoughtful smart 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 mm-hmm. like re- this really well-supported individual right and she's just got such a good head on her shoulders she said she's an old soul mm-hmm. and i feel like what the show did sometimes is okay so and she's relatable too like mm-hmm. we like her yeah. she's not boring even though she has all of those things yeah. like we still like her despite what looks like really a lot of perfection right mm-hmm. and I feel like there's a, they made her relatable and I feel like there's a balance between being relatable and then like over romanticizing mess ups. And I guess what I mean by that is there was like some times where I feel what the show did is they got off script with her and some of how we knew her to be Mm -hmm. to like make these really wild choices that Mm -hmm. seemed completely out of character. And to me, it was like, they felt the right. And by they, I guess I just mean the writers or directors or whatever, is that they felt committed to, um, kind of surprising us with plot when we never really cared about the plot as much as we cared about the people. And so like Rory would do these things that felt wildly out of character. So so talking about things
0: like, like, um, like when, when Dean sleeping, got married and she slept yes. with, yeah. Or like yeah, crack, like sleeping with
1: a married man. Yes. Yeah, stealing, cr- stealing a yacht. The yacht. Yeah,
0: exactly. Uh-huh. Dropping out of college. Yeah. Uh-huh. Like
1: floundering as an adult, like in yeah. the reunion show. Yeah. Like she uh-huh. never really succeeded. I'm yeah. sorry, that's not believable. Yeah. Uh-huh. It's not believable that somebody that's at the top of their class in the best high school in the United States. You know yeah. what I mean? It's uh-huh. like there were these things that you like expected from her Mm -hmm. that was okay to expect from her. We still loved her Mm -hmm. even though she was going to be successful. And even though she was going to navigate relationships well, Mm -hmm. like you don't need to surprise us with, you know? Mm -hmm. So anyways, I just feel like I wanted to keep drawing Rory back Mm -hmm. to who she was. Yeah. Like, who are you, honey? Who are you? And, but I don't think it was her fault. I think it was the writer's fault. I think it was a mistake.
0: Well, so let's, (laughs) so, I I agree. And I think a lot of people, especially who are fans of the early seasons, they're like, what happened to Rory? Like she kind of turned into somebody that we don't like because she did these like awful things, like even, even in the reunion years later. And, but I, I also think there can, I, I think you're right. Like probably most people in her situation would have not done those things. But I think if you look at Rory, she's really struggling with expectations of you know she's caught between kind of her grandmother and her mother to some extent and her mother's like you know independent woman you know i was a single mom we didn't need your dad we didn't need your grandparents you know we can do it together we're best friends even though we're mother daughter like and so there's kind of this like drive to succeed from there but then from from emily and her her grandfather there's this oh well you can be what laurel i wasn't you can be very um you know you you, you can be the granddaughter that we're proud of because our daughter was kind of a screw up in these, these ways. Like she did kind of have those pressures, but then like, she's also like, she's always searching for a father figure as I think anyone who um, grows up without a healthy father figure in their life. Like she, she has, I I think her dad's name is Chris. Um, Like she has kind of a fraught relationship with him at times. And then there's the different guys that Lorelei is dating. So I think she does have some ingredients that make her a little less stable than she otherwise would be. And having worked with teenagers for a long time, sometimes it's the kid that you feel like has it all together. And then all of a sudden you're like, Whoa, where'd this come from? Like one of, one of my mm-hmm. mentors in youth ministry, uh, her name is Nancy. I worked with her for a long time. She would always say sometimes 15 year olds can be five, one moment and 25 the next, like they could be totally rational and mm. on top of things. And then all of the moment, all of a sudden in a moment, they have a temper tantrum. Like it just, you never know. And so yeah. I think, you know, Rory as, as awesome as she was, and level-headed as she was, and as likable as she was, like she also had some real obstacles, you know. And I think mm-hmm. that can be a uh something to to watch, like a like a warning sign or a red flag for some of us mm-hmm. who mm-hmm. are you know, are high achieving or good at this or good at that or good at yeah, the other thing. Like right. it can be right, all right, really right. overwhelming. And in a moment, we can just be like, I gotta get, I gotta buck all these expectations, and you do something kind of crazy, you know. Um, so I, I think I think you're right in that it's not that realistic, but I've also seen it happen, <laughs> you know, yeah, maybe yeah. not quite as crazy as like, you know, stealing well, a that's yacht. the
1: thing yeah. about shows is that uh-huh. you feel like you know people, uh-huh. you know, exactly. it's like, I mean, how many shows have I mm-hmm. found myself? I'm like praying for them at night. Yeah. I'm like, uh-huh. Lord, please help the Bravermans. <laughs> Zach really needs you right now. <laughs>
0: uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Um,
1: <laughs> um, yeah. I, you, I. Yeah. I, I just, I really liked her. Mm -hmm. I didn't feel disappointed by her choices. I mean, we all understand her Mm -hmm. choices. Like, I mean, everybody wants to quit. These are all Mm -hmm. like relatable problems, but it's like, when you feel like you have understood the fiber of a person, you know, and then they're going, what are you doing? Okay. So, Um, so can I, I can
0: I ask you a question? Yeah. Let's say you live in Stars Hollow and you mm-hmm. are the house that everyone gathers at and your yeah. teenagers are friends with a teenage Rory Gilmore uh-huh. and she ends up in your car being dri- driven home from somewhere and you end up with an opportunity kind of like you did the other day with some of your your kids friends to yeah. to speak into her life as a mentor as as a guided trusted person. Like what what advice do you have someone like that who has all these expectations? placed Mm -hmm. on them. Who's a really awesome person, but also has some instability in their life. Like what, what do you say to Rory to, to, to help her?
1: Yeah. Well, I think you brought up a good point that she maybe felt pulled by the two strong women in her life. And so I had this really powerful moment with a girlfriend where I was, I don't know, I was just in a little bit of a a crossroads and she, this won't mean much to anyone else, but it was just something between the two of us, but she pounded her fist on the table in front of me. And she said, what do you want? What do you want? You know, and it's like, I feel like sometimes we think it's self-indulgent to really answer that question, Mm -hmm. but like, but really though, Rory, you Rory, not Lorelai, not Emily, you Rory, what do you want? Mm -hmm. You know? And then once we can be honest about that question, even if you think it sounds silly, just say it out loud, Mm -hmm. you know, like, let's just put our goals out there. And then what are some like markable goals? that we can do to do that thing. Like, I don't ever think Rory was that great of a journalist. Yeah. I think she's like a little too, she's a little too reflective for that. Like to me, a journalist is like this hard charging, you know, maybe Emily or Lorelai type of personality. Mm-hmm. Whereas Rory was just, she's more reflective. I think, you know, I, I she's a novel writer,
0: Yeah, you know, uh-huh. but I like,
1: agree. but what do you want? And so I just would, there's this, uh, I don't know if it's like a myth or a legend. I don't know if it's, Um, I don't even know that this is accurate, but I read it somewhere and now I I didn't know I was going to say this, so I can't remember and I should have looked it up, but (laughs) there's like maybe an African village somewhere uh where one of their practices when someone has messed up Mm -hmm. is to bring them in and for the, their community to tell them all the good things about them. Oh yeah. Right. That's cool. And it's like, that's counterintuitive. That's not what we do. Yeah. You know, what we do is we kind of push people out and we want to punish people yeah. and say, get your act together. And then we can bring you back in. But mm-hmm. th- to think of a community telling, this is who you are. Mm-hmm. This is who you can be. This is what we believe about you. This one thing that happened, that's not you. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So, so this thing that happened with Dean, this, this you know, impulsive decision that you made to do whatever this, this sense of, of fear and intimidation or, or or fear of failure, whatever it was that made you do this really uncharacteristic thing. That's not who you are. Yeah. Let me remind you when you forget who you are. Mm-hmm. So that's what I would want to do with worry. I would yeah. want to, I would want to circle her up. I would want to, I would want to know for sure, what are your goals? What do you want? Yeah. And then I would want to tell her who she is and tell her that you've got what it takes to do that. You mm-hmm. know,
0: yeah, the what I what I hear you saying, if uh, tr- translated into Catholic theology teacher mind that I have, <laughs> what I hear you saying is um, discernment and reconciliation. Mm,
1: discernment one that.
0: is um, like our hearts are a mix and a jumble of Jesus would say, like the weeds and the wheat, right? Like there's good in us because yeah. we're created beautiful children of God in His image, but also like we have this 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 sin that infects us and like. You know we're selfish and we need healing and we need to be saved. And but at the core, like we're still good. And so these good desires in our heart, like find out what is it that you really want. Do you really want to sleep with a married man? No, you want to feel loved and right. seen, right? You yeah, want to feel right. known. Like that's really what you want. And and like Saint Ignatius and so many of the, the great mystical teachers of the church, they talk about this discernment of the heart and reflecting on what brings you comfort. And what brings you distress and trying to seek out the pure desires of your heart. Like, if you can sift out the selfishness and you can sift out the fear. What's left is the good desires that God has placed in your heart, the good passions that God has placed in your heart, and so that takes prayer that takes an interior life, that takes conversation with mentors and and mm. friends that that's why a good church community is so important and then the second one reconciliation and I love what you what you said about this 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 maybe apocryphal story of the African village yeah. <laughs> they, um (laughs) But it's not that different from reconciliation, the sacrament that we have in the Catholic church, go in peace, sin no more. Like there's this, you know, at the end of the day, peace, you know, like- you know, say say a couple of Hail Mary's. That's all you gotta do. You know, that's your penance. Well, it's like, to get
1: back in communion. Yeah. Like to get for, back for in whatever, whatever exactly. the because it's not punishment. Like whatever yeah. the thing is, it's gonna be something that's restorative. It's gonna be mm-hmm. something that draws you closer, yes. not pushes you further. Exactly. Yeah. That's really exactly. beautiful.
0: Yeah, it is really beautiful. All right. So uh you ready for Lorelei? Sure. Let's talk about Lorelai. So let's say uh we are living in Swal- Stars Hollow and Lorelei is part of the part of the community. What would you say is her core struggle and what, what do you see her wrestling with throughout the, you know, scope of the show?
1: Okay. So every now and then Mm -hmm. when there is um, a personality that annoys me, it is usually because they remind me of me. (laughs) (laughs) And so I get likened to Carrie from sex in the city all the time she's my least favorite of all four of them. She annoys the heck out of me. I get likened to Lorelai Gilmore all the time. And she annoys the heck out of me. Now I can step back and see the parts of myself that are, you know, that are in her, that are, that are lovable. Mm -hmm. Um, but what I would say her, the, the things about her that I love is that, um, she's been really selfless. Like she yeah. fights for people and she's perseverant. Mm-hmm. And by the way, not just perseverant with the things that are easy, but yeah. perseverant with the things that are hard. I mean, mm-hmm. she stuck through, or is, you know, throughout the course of the show, this very difficult relationship. Why? For the good of her daughter. Yeah. You know, like that, that was difficult. That wasn't yeah. comfortable. That took a great deal of humility and swallowing her pride. There were um, a lot of things that she had to ask for that she would have rather very much been able to do on her own because she's independent. Um, I so I love those things about her. I love that she fights for people. Um, I love that she's able to say how she feels really well. Mm-hmm. I really enjoy that she's a good communicator. Yeah. Um, the things that annoy me is that she's kind of always on. Yeah. You know, it's like chill out. Like, you don't have to be so funny all the time. Yeah. You know, like hold on, enough of the there's like this slick finish or something. Yeah. It's like mm-hmm. drop the Drop the act. Like, Mm -hmm. I know that you have it in you to, like, make a joke right now or to be Mm -hmm. funny right now. But, like, you don't have to do that all the time. So I just – it's almost like I want her to, like, do less. (laughs) You know? Like, calm down. Like, Mm -hmm. settle down. It's okay Mm -hmm. to drop a guard. She feels a little guarded. It feels a little bit like she protects herself with her personality in in a a way. way. It's like Mm – even though it draws people in at the same time, it keeps people right where she wants them, mm-hmm. which, can, which cannot be all the way in, you know? Yeah. And so you see this in her like relationships, like in her, or in her romantic, you know, relationships, it's like things were just always off. And I just feel like there is sometimes with her, a lack of vulnerability. I yeah. guess that's kind of mm-hmm. what it comes down to for me. Yeah.
0: And I I feel like I associate with that a little bit. Like I feel like I can be a little much sometimes I can, I can be a little too on and I definitely have some friends who struggle with this as well. And something that I've tried to develop within myself is when it is just to try to, because one it's a good quality like it's, it's awesome that you can set people at ease and be charismatic sure. and ma- magnanimous is the virtue is the the word of the virtue that the church uses to describe someone yeah. like that and i think it's i think it's good for a lot of times for us extroverts who uh you know have have a big personality you know to we yeah. see all these like humble silent saints you know like there is a role for the magnanimous extroverted extra person you know but the question i often ask myself or, or to, the thing that i've i've set up in my mind is like red flag watch what you're doing is whenever i find myself wanting to talk to somebody and i'm like ah, what's like the perfect way to say this how do i phrase this so that like it doesn't upset yeah. them you know and obviously you should try to phrase things in like a good way but like ultimately like you just got to be clear like because that can get real easily into being dishonest you can really easily start doing white lies bending the truth pandering
1: right? pandering
0: yeah. yeah and like sometimes you just gotta you gotta respect the person enough that they can handle it and um mm-hmm. i think i think my my wife and i have like really worked this out a lot and like it's come to um i have to learn that like she's a strong enough person that she can she can take it you know and i'm a strong enough person that if she doesn't react great to what i say I can take it, and we're still gonna love each other, you know. Right. But I think I think you're right. Like, um, like I was talking to a friend. I was like, well, when and he was talking about like some problems in his relationship with his girlfriend, and I was like, couldn't you say this? And he's like, I could never say that. And so whenever you feel like, well, I could never say that, like I think that that's a real moment to examine yourself and be like, for sure, why can't you say that?
1: (laughs) Yeah, I think there's an element of um, people pleasing to Mm. her. And you I- know, like they' um it, and you can see it in parenting too, like from time to time. I really like how she parents and um and so I, you know, certainly it's not perfect, but who's is, but um I think that that when the the people pleasing kind of takes over or, or trumps some you know so for example, when it, when people pleasing trumps honesty, mm-hmm. or so being likable, let's say, so b- when being likable trumps honesty or when being um likable trumps d- good discipline mm-hmm. or whatever yeah. you know then we have taken some shortcut to intimacy like some shortcut to to some higher and and greater goal yeah. so i think that we have a tendency to confuse niceness mm-hmm. with love yes you know and so like niceness is like this hallmark version of of love, right? Yeah. And Jesus was looking at people saying, How much longer must I endure you? <laughs> you <know? laughs> so, um, and so Jesus did not confuse niceness with love. He was to the point. You know, he mm. did say um the things that that people needed to hear. He did let people walk away mm-hmm. and not chase after them saying, Wait, 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 let me say mm-hmm. it better. Yeah. Wait, 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 wait. let that's, me, let me make you understand. That's true. He he turned and looked at his friends and was like, Are you gonna go too?
0: Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, so there's only amen. so much, it's like what you're saying, there's, there's things that are mine and there's things that are yours and he's a real stickler when it comes to free will. Yeah. Like, this is the truth. This is what's true for me. Mm-hmm. What's true for you. Yeah. You know? And so it's just a more honest conversation. I don't know. I just feel like she's a little snaky.
0: Yeah. I think so too. <laughs> something, something that I feel like I noticed with Lorelei is she's a very strong willed person mm-hmm. and You know, being strong-willed is both a blessing and a curse. Like most things, like most personality traits, there's there's ways that it's great, and then there's ways that it can it can be twisted and go too far. And this, my my daughter, who's who's six, um, is very strong-willed, and she and I often have these conversations. You know, I say, you know, the awesome thing about being strong-willed, honey, is that people are going to have a hard time like getting the best of you. You know, if somebody's trying Mm -hmm. to trick you, if somebody's trying to take advantage of you, if somebody's trying to lead you to do something that's not good. You're going to be a strong enough person to know what's right and say, no, I'm not going to do that. But the bad part of that is sometimes you have a hard time seeing another person's perspective. And sometimes Mm -hmm. you just pick a fight because you're not getting your way, you know? And so you have to examine yourself and think and really know, like, what is it that I really want? And is this really important to me? And so – what I've tried really hard not to do is to like squash her will, right? Because I want a yes. strong-willed, like independent- Tame her spirit, woman. not yeah. break it. Yeah, yes, exactly, great. exactly. So we yeah. talk about, it. and sometimes she'll ask me, she's like, daddy, I feel this way. Is this because I'm strong-willed? And i be like, yes. <laughs> nice. Now with Lorelai, I feel like with Emily, she's like too stubborn. And like she, she like fights with Emily just to spite her, you know, and like yeah. everything is a fight even when it doesn't have to be. And then in reaction to like her overbearing mother with Rory, she's like too much of a friend, you know, she's like too not, not enough of a parent. Sometimes she's like, I don't want to have to pull the mom card. It's like, well, you're the mom. (laughs) She says that all the time. I don't want to have to pull the mom card. You know, we're supposed to be friends. It's like, well, you're supposed to be friendly with your children, but you're not really supposed to be like friends, friends in the same way, you know? And, And I, I see you, uh, what you were just describing with your children and, your children's friends is they don't just see you as like the cool mom. We're going to go over there and like she'll know, smoke yeah. pot or whatever, you know, it's like, no, they see you as a mentor, you know? Um, yeah, and that's something yeah. I, I try to do with my nieces and nephews who are, who are high schoolers or whatever. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, the, the uncle Mike persona of like, Hey, I'm the guy who's not your parents who like, you could be silly and goofy around and like, you know, maybe you yeah. can say cuss words around me and I won't care, but like, I'm also going to like tell you what's what, you know?
1: Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. Uh I feel like, um, with her, you know, one of the things you said reminded me, like sometimes people with good intuition can't be talked out of their good intuition, you know? Mm -hmm. And so it's like, yes, you might have good intuition, but you're not right all the time. So (laughs) you do, you see that stubbornness with her mom, but then this like miraculous thing happens through them in this multi-generational setting together, which Mm -hmm. is so lovely. Yeah, Right. I mean, um, So, and by the way, it makes the show so expansive. Um, And so in this multi-generational setting, you see their perseverance and you see things shift. Yeah. You know, like there's a lot of beauty in that. I mean, Mm -hmm. there's, why are we, why do we like Emily? (laughs) You know, but like we really kind of do. I mean, yes, we know she's not perfect and sure she's annoying. And there's things that we'd like to take her aside and say, listen, lady. Mm -hmm. But by the end of the show, I mean, she has really changed up her parenting. Like she's really changed the way that she interacts with Rory that she did with Lorelai and Mm -hmm. how much of that is because of Lorelai's example. Yeah, How much of that is because of Lorelai's persistence to say, this is the way that I live my life. These are the things that I value Mm -hmm. and I value connection. We weren't connected. And I'm going to do this differently. It's mm-hmm. going to take some bravery and it's yeah. going to take some learning. I'm going to have to teach myself some new skills. But I value connection, maybe so much so that it's, you know, that, that, that it's maybe even harmful sometimes. I value connection so much that I put it, you know, first and foremost when something else should be.
0: Yeah, but so
1: I think it shaped emily.
0: Yeah, so we're talking about emily What do you see as her change? What do you what do you see as having changed? Well,
1: I just think she had a new opera and grandparents say this all the time. I'm not a grandparent. I have no idea I cannot imagine Loving Anything more than I love my kids. I feel beat so like by the time my kids have kids I can't imagine pouring into them and be like good (laughs) luck. I am cheering for you So like (laughs) i'm sure that i'll get there Uh but um you know, you hear that from, from grandparents all the time, that it's just this really beautiful second chance Mm -hmm. to, to pour in, in a different way where, and where a lot of the stress is removed. Mm -hmm. And so it allows you to just be your best self without feeling like you're at the end of a rope, you know? And so you just, you get to love in a way that you wish you would have. And so that redo is Like our best selves. I I certainly see that in my own family. I had a good mom. I had a good dad, but the grandparents that they are to my kids, it is, it is something it is a marvel. It is something else. Mm -hmm. It's otherworldly. And so I think that we see that in Emily and we have a soft spot for, for number one, all the things that she did for Rory. Mm-hmm. but number two, the ways that she was proud of Lorelai at the end, mm-hmm. that was all Lorelai ever wanted mm-hmm. was for her to be proud of her. And she was always withholding it. She's withholding it, withholding it, withholding it. Why can't you be somebody different? Mm-hmm. And then finally Lorelai still who she was. Mm-hmm. Lorelai did not morph. She didn't get a lobotomy. She was still who she was. And Emily came around to genuinely being proud of her Yeah. and, and, and that, that Lorelai wasn't even there, or I'm sorry, Rory wasn't even there mm-hmm. at Lorelai's graduation. It was Emily. It was Emily that was there. Yeah. Like it's just a really beautiful um turn of events. Like it's a really beautiful unexpectation, as opposed yeah. to the non beautiful unexpectations <laughs> to me with like, you know, stepping outside of Ray's character. But I really uh-huh. liked that unexpected development.
0: Yeah. I feel like as the show went on, people liked Rory less and less and Emily more and more, right? <laughs> you know, and then Lorelai was kind of back and forth. You know?
1: <laughs> yeah. Right. 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 Yeah. So. This little pinball that's accurate by the way. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah,
0: absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so those, those I see as the main three characters on the show, any, anything else about Rory, Lorelai and Emily before I want to, there's a couple themes I want to hit, but specifically, I don't want to miss anything about those three characters before we I learn. mean,
1: I feel like people have a lot of investment on the end games of their relationships. Like I, Mm. I don't know that we can move on too quick without talking about the men in these ladies' lives. Yes, I mean people were so invested in these relationships. Yes. Mm
0: -hmm. What what do you think were the relationships people were most invested in?
1: Well, so with Rory or you, what were you most invested? (laughs) Yeah, you know, here's the thing: is that I. I think that Rory really only loved Logan. The -hmm. thing about that is that I didn't, I don't like Logan. Mm -hmm. Logan was like this privileged, um, he couldn't really relate to her. I felt Mm -hmm. the relationship felt a little too one-sided to me. He wasn't curious enough about the ways that they were different, Mm -hmm. you know? And so it, that just, I, that never felt right to me. I understand he was a good time. Mm -hmm. I understand that he kind of pulled her out of her shell. That's fine. I like all that. Um, and then I get that Dean was like the first love and there's Mm -hmm. a lot of nostalgia there. I get that. That's fine. That felt a little too conditional or which I mean, I don't know. It felt a little too emotional or like, I don't know. It just wasn't real to me. Mm -hmm. Um, that's going to, that's going to be a hot take. People, people are not going to like that by the way, to me, it, (sighs) Well, I, I don't know. I was going to say it's just for me, but here's, here's the thing is that Jess was like this bad boy. And I mm-hmm. get that. Like he's a little broody. Uh-huh. Their timing was always off. Like I uh-huh. get it, but he was her intellectual match. Mm-hmm. Like he's the one that really intrigued her. Mm-hmm. And the truth of the matter is that what it comes down to is Tuesday nights. Who are you interested in talking to on a Tuesday night? Mm-hmm. who are you still curious about the things that they think mm-hmm. you know and that was just for me yeah. i do feel like they kind of leaned too hard into this bad boy stereotype it's like too much of his character development happened off screen yeah you know?
0: yeah like and you so never like, you never saw him as a bad boy from his actions on the show it was just kind of like ooh, he's his like nephew from out of town who grew up rough yeah, you know like, yeah.
1: but even the way that he softened or was like supposed <laughs> to be lovable it's like mm-hmm. I, that was all kind of happening off screen. Like I didn't really see that happen. And so I can't really get full on board, but it's the one that kind of made the most sense for me.
0: Yeah. I like, I like just the best. And, uh, the only reason I'm, I'm happy they didn't end up together is because I, I kind of think Jess was too good for Rory, given the way that Rory Ooh. ended up. Okay. <laughs> I, yes. I also just love Milo Ventimiglia, like in every right. role that he's in, in, in Jack Pearson and This Is Us, Peter Petrelli yeah. in, uh, oh in Heroes. Like, I just. All the things. He's always Peter Petrelli to me in everything. I just, I just always love him. You know, he was in the Rocky movie as Sylvester Stallone's son. Like, I just, I just. I just love him. So I think maybe there's a little bit of bias there, but I also think like Dean was just like too immature and controlling and he just, he just wasn't yeah. right. Logan, I think was actually more of a bad boy in terms of like making right. toxic, making toxic decisions and encouraging toxic decisions totally. in Rory totally. or validating them. And Jess seemed like he was actually like the good guy, but with a little bit of bad boy exterior, you know, but he, he seemed like he, yeah. he, you know, he had, he had Luke to, to help him out. And uh, yeah, so I liked I like Jess the best. So by the
1: way, Milo is as delightful in person as he is on screen. I met him. Yes. My son was in like two seconds of, um, this is us and don't blink. And, um, it was so lovely to be on that set. Their Uh, connection is very, very real. Um, what you see is what you get. Yeah. Yeah, We did a, we did
0: a father's day episode on this is us about a year ago. So yeah. Yes. Great show. Great show. All right. So yeah, I think, um, So what other, so let's talk, we talked about Rory's guys. Let's talk about Lorelai's guys.
1: I mean, here's the thing. I just, I get, I mean, I get the Luke thing. I like a slow burn. I Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, like that's great. The truth for me is that I just don't think they're all that compatible. Yeah. (laughs) You know, like I think that they like different things. I think that they're going to be, I think that she's going to just always be kind of like nudging him along, mm-hmm. you know. Like they just felt too different to me. It just, it didn't feel realistic. It, I just don't think they're compatible.
0: Yeah. So who would of uh, who would have been your Laurel guy? Who do you think? Was I don't know.
1: Fit? I think she's impossible. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. After after saying
0: before, both you and I said, "Oh, there's some things about her that we relate to in ourselves." Now you're saying she's impossible. <laughs>
1: totally impossible I don't know how my husband does it he's a saint love him so much (laughs)
0: I'll have to I'll have to ask my wife what she thinks about that yeah yeah that's funny that's funny so there but there Chris was her for lack of a better phrase her baby daddy with Rory right that was like her first guy right and then there was there was a guy in between who I'm forgetting but they were engaged I think she was engaged at some point to all three of them but then it like got right, which, Yeah.
1: Which is another thing that just exhausts me. It happens it's like, on TV shows. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Uh-huh. yeah.
1: Um, I, you know, I, I feel like that I don't like necessarily in a show when too much emphasis is put on a love life, mm-hmm. you know, like there's a lot to life Yeah, and we might actually be called to singleness, you know, it's yeah. like. And that's just never an option on TV. It's like, there's this laser focus of only romantic love, romantic love. It's the end all be all. And so I feel like the show definitely did that. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I mean, what if these two wonderful women were called to something different? What about that? You yeah. know? And so, um, I don't know. I just, I get it. Cause I can get roped into it too. Like it's intriguing mm-hmm. to me too, yep. but I feel like on TV, there's always that overemphasis.
0: Yeah, for sure. For sure. Like there's, there's a way to have a a thriving single life and not just in the meantime, like there's a, there's people who are committed to to celibacy or committed, committed to singleness or just end up being single, but end up taking advantage of it and having like awesome lives of, of service and, and great friendships and intimacy and, um, and the high beam of love versus that. Yeah. Yeah. Very good. Very good. Yeah. And adopting, even if they don't have you know, children of their own, they have like a spiritual fatherhood Mm. or a spiritual motherhood, that sort of thing. Um, so yeah, I wanted to ask you about other characters on the show that you really liked who else stood out to you as, Oh, I guess before we go there, I want to ask about the grandfather and I can't, I'm drawing a blank on his name, Emily's husband. Um, do you remember his name? Richard. Richard. That's right. Yeah. So is that right? Yeah, I, th- I think so. If it's not right, I'm sure someone will correct us in the comments. Yeah, but yeah, oh yeah, I'm pretty sure it's Richard. <laughs> yeah, 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 That makes sense. So, um, he I mean, he seems kind of like the most, uh, otherwise it's sometimes being like a doofus, like he seems like the most well-adjusted of all the people.
1: Right, yeah. Yeah, you know, yeah, you know it, it's interesting because I feel like there's kind of this um, like doofus, like mumbling, bumbling kind of mm-hmm. guy who takes a back seat, you know, a lot of times. Mm-hmm. And w- might even like work on the sly. even Mm -hmm. if it's just a wink or whatever, you know? So so there's like some subtext to him, which Mm -hmm. I always appreciate in a character. But for me, the big win of all of this, whether it's a strong personality like Emily's or somebody more laid back like Richard, who's, you know, a little more peacemaking, even if he was annoying about try to, trying to reconnect Lorelai and Chris all the time, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. They, he had these hopes for her. And, yeah. and underneath it all, you could see that it was love. But the thing that was the, the most endearing to me was their stick with itness. You know, like nobody was giving up. Yeah. And so he, he led that charge, I feel like, a lot of times mm-hmm. or acted as a buffer a lot yeah. of times that allowed that to be possible. Mm-hmm. And that's no small thing.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, what? it's what that made me think of is when I, when we first found out that um, my wife was pregnant with our daughter, I grew up in a family of all boys. Most of my cousins are boys. I grew up in a very like male environment. Mm-hmm. And so I was, I, I was kind of a little intimidated at the idea of being a, a, a dad, a girl dad. And so I would ask all the older girl dads that I knew is like, okay, what's your advice on raising a daughter? And, uh, a guy at our church who's kind of a, me- a mentor of of mine he said you know sometimes there's a thing between daughters and moms and mm-hmm. it's just hard to define it's hard to explain but there's like there can be a tension or uh, just some yeah. something comes between them and yeah. you just got to love both of them well you know, and just mm. make sure make sure you're loving both of them well. And yeah. you know, a lot of times nobody's right, nobody's wrong. It's just
1: yeah the way life there is. There can and, be two things that are true at the same time. Yep. Yeah.
0: And uh so anyway, that's that's what that made me think of when
1: <laughs> Yeah. So
0: <laughs> Yeah.
1: Um, you know, as far as like the these you know, relationships that endure, mm-hmm. you know, and what are the, what are the aspects, whether subtle or overt that kind of kept it going? I feel like the show really kind of specialized in those things, even Mm -hmm. if it was like Luke's moodiness or, you know, like there were just these things that would kind of draw us back in and it's, Mm -hmm. which is, you know, how I started saying is that my kids like push me to my furthest edge and then Uh pull me right back in again, you Mm -hmm. know? And so there we are right back in again. Like, why am I not mad at Luke anymore? I don't know, Mm -hmm. but I'm not, you know, like, why am I tolerating Emily's? you know snide comments and uh, you know backhanded compliments you Mm -hmm. know I don't know what I am here we are (laughs) and so I love that commitment to family because we can so easily you know just operate off of a talent for conversation and that's it Mm -hmm. and like give ourselves every reason to leave at the first you know every excuse to leave when things get hard you know so I think that it showed a lot of that endurance
0: yeah that's true that's really true all right. Well, I think we uh, we're running out of time here, so I want to first of all thank you for being with us, Allison, and for your your wisdom on this and <laughs> just love of Gilmore Girls, but also your very practical wisdom for for young people and for all of us. Uh, at the end of my episode, I always ask, "What's your one takeaway?" I promised our listeners at the beginning that we'd give them some mm-hmm. actionable things they could take with them as they go. So, thinking back through our conversation, is there is there one takeaway that you would say is like the the golden nugget of this conversation that you want to remember? Remember.
1: Hmm. What about this? What if it was sometimes when we're arguing about something, maybe we're not really arguing about that thing. Mm. You know, like it's easy to argue over whether I've asked you to take out the trash or given you a curfew, or maybe we're arguing over um, that these potatoes need more salt or whatever mm-hmm. at Emily's dinner table when that's not what we're arguing about. Yep. What we're arguing about is that I don't feel like I have any independence right now. Mm. And the thing that I can control, I can't control when you tell me to be home, but I can control being rude to you. Mm. So I'm going to be rude to you right now. That's what I can control. And so if we could get more honest about how we feel, then we can have the real conversation. Yeah. Okay. You don't feel like you have any control in the house. Let's make some decisions together then. Okay. Mm -hmm. You feel like you need some independence or you need a thrill. How can we do that in healthy ways? Mm -hmm. You know, like, what about that conversation? That's a different conversation than I asked you, you know, Mm -hmm. however many times. What if, mom, I just don't, yes, I just insulted your cooking. I did that. But it's because I feel like you don't give me any compliments ever. Mm
0: -hmm. And I'm
1: working my butt off and I've made a lot out of a little. And I can't get any acknowledgement, you know? And so what if we had the bravery, the vulnerability to say the things that are beneath the things. And then we have different conversations that lead us to more intimacy that let us endure a little longer, a little better to have more connection.
0: Amen. Amen. I, I know, I know for me, like the, the key to finding that, that, that subtext, the thing underneath is prayer because, mm. and I, whenever yes. I, whenever I, whenever I notice, like, why am I so upset about this thing? Yeah. Like I've never been upset about that yeah. thing before. Why, why is this getting blown out of proportion? I know there's something under the surface and that's, that's a cue to me that I've had, you know, that I've had to develop over the years is like, all right, this is something I need to take to prayer. I, I think for me, the one thing I'm taking away this from this conversation is what you said. Uh, I love the f- way you phrased that the stick with itness, you know, or some people yeah. might say like the grit or the perseverance that they really didn't give up on each other, or even yeah. when they were really mad, they always came back and there was that reconciliation. So uh, that's that's going to be my takeaway going forward.
1: Yeah. Allison, at the it.
0: end of my episodes, I often ask my guests if they would lead us and the listeners in a prayer to close this out, of reflecting course. on everything we've talked about. Would you do that?
1: Absolutely. Awesome. All so listener,
0: listeners, wherever you are, let's take a moment to pause and pray.
1: In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Dear God, thank you so much for an ability to appreciate art and give it deeper meaning. What a joy it is to live our lives in this world that you created and draw deeper meaning uh, from the things that we surround ourselves with. I pray that you would give us the bravery and courage. Jesus, lend us your holiness. To tell the truth, to tell the truth about how we feel, um, to tell the truth about the things that we're up against, and maybe even more so, God, to create space in our lives so that we know, so that we have that margin to be able to get still, because if we live our lives off of this to-do list with a hectic pace and chaotic schedule, we can't even know what we're upset about or what we're feeling overwhelmed by or what that truth is, so that we might be drawn into more prayer with you, God. That's our desire, and sometimes it's a desire to want the right things that is the right thing. And so we desire that, God. We desire to know the truth. Will you please carve out time so that it might be revealed to us? And then will you give us the bravery and courage to share that with the people that love us? And as we do that, will you connect us together with endurance and grit and hope and optimism in our relationships so that we might be drawn closer to each other and ultimately closer to you. We ask all of these things in Jesus's name. Amen. Amen. In the name of the father in the son and the Holy spirit.
0: Amen. Thank you. Thank you so much, Allison, for being here with us. If people want to know more about you and just follow you, where should they go?
1: Thank you. Um, so Instagram, I, you know, I try to post there. I'm not the best on social media in that I'm inconsistent. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd like tell the truth on social media and everything. So I think I'm a good follow at, um, Alison M Sully on Instagram. Um, but I'm just not always very consistent. And then TikTok at Sullivan family, TikTok. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I mean facebook if you're into all that but yeah. who is lately <laughs> definitely check <laughs> Y'all out need Sin- a break <laughs> yeah, definitely
0: check out sinner Saint sister and if you're looking for some scripture reflections from an unorthodox uh take definitely check out rock paper scissors so allison thank you so much for being with us this was a great conversation and i'm happy to have your perspective on gilmore girls and life and being a parent and just being a person in this world trying to make their best with what God has given them. And it's clear that you have a love for God and a love for people. And I just, I really appreciate you sharing your heart with us. So
1: thank you. Mike. Well, thank you us. for doing what you do. It's important.
0: Awesome. Thank you so much. Listeners, if this episode has touched you in some way, if you maybe you just know somebody who's a Gilmore Girls stand, I really encourage you to share this episode with somebody say, Hey, I really think you would You know, benefit from this conversation. or just This made me think of you. Send them a text, send them a screenshot, share it with them. That's the best way to help this show grow. That's how this show has grown over the past few years. And it's also a way that you can share the love of God with someone who may need it. And uh, also, may they just want to nerd out about Gilmore Girls for an hour or so. So thank you for being with us. If you really want to help our show, you can go to popculturecatechism.com and become a patron of the show. You can choose from one of six giving levels that fits your monthly budget or your monthly tithe. You can also get some awesome Catholic swag by going to catholicmerch.store. And there's hoodies and mugs and all sorts of cool stuff designed by our team at Awaken Catholic. And all of that supports the shows here at Awaken Catholic. And if you need a speaker or a musician, uh, Nick De La Torre, who's the president of Awaken Catholic, or I would love to come out to your parish or your school and do something for you. So, all of those are ways that. You can help us out. Listeners, we love you. God loves you more. And uh, we will see you next time. But oh, one more thing. I forgot to thank my patrons. Uh, so thank you to all our patrons, especially uh, Tom and Emily Kimberiati, Carl and Melissa Gore, Stephen Maggie Hubbard, Bob and Lisa Tenney, and all our patrons who participate at popculturecatechism.com. OK, bye bye for real. God bless you guys. Take care.